Hello, everybody out there in audio land. Welcome back to another weekly episode of the Dirty Talk After Hours, your weekly dose of all that is weird, wonderful, and all the information that we could have scraped together and present to you in half an hour to 45 minutes. This is TC Rollins. And Rain DeGray. And my first question for you this week is... A new study out of the University of Michigan shows that a majority of Americans believe in what? Ghosts. Uh, I'm sure probably a majority of people believe in ghosts. We talked about that in our first annual celebration of spectrophilia, where there was no second annual one, but the first annual stands on its own. Maybe they tried it and the crowd was kind of dead. Possibly. No, not ghosts. I'm so disappointed, man. Of Maybe what? they tried it and the crowd was kind of dead. For the first annual Spectrophilia. That was uh, funny. Was... Dude, you just left me hanging. Sorry. That was... I got it. I got it. It's... Yes. All right. Fine. That... Yes. Uh, that, was, that was comedy gold. But you know what? I decided to leave that in the dirt for someone else to dig up. Sorry. You're a horrible person, and I'm not going to guess anymore. Okay. Do you want me to tell you then, since there's no more guessing? Yes. Evolution. A majority of Americans... Now believe in evolution. Just now? Just what, now. We just, just cracked 50%? Just, just now. Well, sorry. Uh, <sighs> as of 2019... When they had the last numbers, they just cracked 50%. This study just came out. And it it has. They went back till 1985, where they were doing numerous studies throughout the years and asking people numerous questions like whether they agree or disagree with the statement, human beings as we know them today developed from earlier species of animals. They have numerous studies going back to 1985. It was kind of a dead heat for a little while. Maybe some people didn't believe in that. The theory of evolution was falling behind. Uh, according to one 2005 study that was conducted in 34 different developed nations, we came in at the second lowest score behind Turkey. Uh, so out of 34 developed nations, only Turkey at 27% scored lower than the United States in believing in evolution. But since uh, 2007, there has been a rapid rise in people believing in evolution, and it has jumped all the way from 40% to 54% as of 2019. So 54% of the American population now believe in the theory of evolution. Booyah, we almost have a win. (sighs) Yeah, science. I mean, I feel that uh, there's a lot of people right now that don't believe in science. There there are quite a number of people that still don't believe in science and are putting all sorts of strange, wacky things in their bodies to negate science for some reason. But after, right. after a heads-to-head battling it out for the last 30 years, evolution finally looks like it's pulling ahead. I am not as cheered by this news as I would want to be because I would have thought we would have hit those numbers sooner than now. Um, well, yeah, you would think being a reasonable society. But we're talking about America here, which is not <laughs> always the most reasonable of societies. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> of, of course, evolution's low numbers are usually attributed to religious fundamentalism. And one of the facts that they were talking about in this survey was that 83% of liberal Democrats believe in evolution. So I'm wondering about this other 17%. Are they jumping on like the alien theory that aliens created human beings? Because I'm sure there's some of those guys out there that were watching ancient aliens and they're just like, eh, maybe evolution's not the answer. Maybe like all the Zachariah Sitchin, 13th planet, whatever. Yeah, well, perhaps, and also perhaps not all liberals are atheists. There are some liberals that are religious. I know that the opposing side would say that liberals are just a heathen, godless mob of pond scum, mm -hmm. but evidently some of them do believe in God and Jesus and us not evolving from another species. Yeah, sometimes I am a heaving, godless blob of myself. I know. I've seen you. Yeah. Only 34% of Republicans, though, believe that evolution is possible. Right. Yes. That tracks. Speaking of religious fundamentalism. I've got one for you for religious fundamentalism. Oh, yeah? What, which one is that? I know. It's, it's, there's so many to pick from. Uh, we have uh, covered this topic before on this podcast, and while we generally try and stay out of very topical subjects because we want these podcasts to not be completely dated in six months or so, I'm going to talk about something that is current and happening right now. So it is topical, but it is part of a long-ranging thing. Okay. And this has to has do with been... religious fundamentalism? Oh, you bet your boots it does, my friend. All right. Yes. Talk about your religious thing and I'll give you my religious thing afterwards. We've been talking about censorship mm -hmm. on this podcast for a while. And one of the things that people often have difficulty doing is advocating or standing up for people that uh, society might deem a little icky or outside the pale. As probably a lot of our listeners know, I am a content creator. I have been on the internet for a really long time, and I have an OnlyFans. Have you heard the news with the OnlyFans this week, my friend? Should I play dumb and pretend like I haven't, or should I go along with it? No, no, no. And... Yeah, no. You should, everyone, it's very topical. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard about it. No more explicit. The OnlyFans is getting rid of the sex, which is the only reason anybody goes to OnlyFans. Yes, but religious fundamentalists, my friend. How this unravels is that when SESTA-FOSTA passed, it was the first part of a multi-pronged, multi-year attack by religious fundamentalists who are freaked out and creeped out about consenting adults doing consenting things with each other. It comes down to the core of religious fundamentalists only want married men and women banging under for procreative purposes under God's umbrella. And anything outside of that is heaving atheist blobs of pond scum, such as you. Right. My hand is right. That's me. <laughs> I have sex for pleasure sometimes. Oh, and I you're, like it. You're, you're doomed. You're going to burn in hellfire. So what had happened was that they, uh, it's, um, 
And as a result of their feelings being squicked by consenting of age adults doing consenting things, they hid behind the shield of, but the children. Won't someone think of the children? Mm -hmm. We need to save these poor women from themselves because they're being trafficked. They're exploiting themselves. They're exploiting themselves. Others can exploit them, but they can't exploit themselves. We can't have that. Mm -hmm. And anyone, we all hang out on social media these days. Have you noticed social media getting more conservative? I'm not on there as much as you. Okay. So. You Maybe. couldn't okay, well, I, I hang out in the weird <laughs> corners of social media. Oh yeah. I also I also hang out in the weird corners of social media, but I probably do more not probably. Let's re I definitely do more social media than you. You do. Facebook got more conservative. Instagram got more conservative. My red book went down. Backpage went down. Mm-hmm. Pornhub went down. Tumblr went down. And now OnlyFans is going down. And for people that don't know enough, they're like, why? Why would OnlyFans turn their back on the only reason that people go to that site? Why would they do that? That makes no sense. OnlyFans isn't doing it because they want to, because it makes them hard, because it gets them off. They're doing it because they are losing their credit card processors. Credit card processors is at the core of this religious fundamentalists. And anytime something gets banned off the platform of the internet, it's because there isn't a way to process payment. And credit card processors say, we don't like this stuff. It's icky. And what's get, what gets policed is women's bodies. During this pandemic that we are unfortunately still in the middle of, many women turned to OnlyFans as a way to stay safe and earn money and take care of their kids and pay their bills. And now OnlyFans is shutting that off because credit card processors are basically deciding what they feel comfortable with you seeing. So your internet viewing experience is completely shaped by credit card processors being like, I'm okay with that. That one makes me feel icky personally. So I'm going to withhold credit card processing and that thing's going to cease to be. And people don't realize that this ongoing censorship that is happening is affecting everything that you see on the internet. Yeah, he who controls the purse strings controls yes. reality, right? Yes, as a matter of fact, for sure. And that's what we're in the middle of. And OnlyFans is going probably not going to make it. Who's going to sign up to OnlyFans to see exclusive tips from a chef? Yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, that's why I was reading some articles about how they're going to go a little, little bit more legit and focus on their workout people. And I'm sure that all the millions of people that signed up over the last year or so are going there for in-depth workout routines and celebrity <laughs> chefs cooking stuff. There's something cooking on the OnlyFans. <laughs> and it's definitely not hot cuisine. Right. It's hot buns. It's consensual. It's consensual adults doing consensual things. And, and we are at a time where everything that we get to see is controlled by people that control the platforms. We think of the internet as wild and free, but everything that you see is screened by someone else. There's a censor for everything. And if you want to survive, you have to follow the money. And the money does not like heathen, atheist, pond scum like us. Mm. Oh, well. I guess I'll just take my toys and go play elsewhere. <laughs> uh, good luck. The internet is where people, you, 
you have to go to the internet. It's how you pay bills. It's how you get information. It's how you locate everything. They've forced you onto the internet. What do you have a copy of the yellow pages at your house? No, I throw it away whenever it comes. Well, I recycle it. I don't throw it away because, but yeah, I, it, it shows up on the porch and it automatically goes, it goes in. Into- I remove it from the plastic bag, which they've kindly wrapped it in and then toss the plastic bag and throw the yellow pages in the recycling. Because everything is on the internet. Oh, yeah. The fact that it's consensual and people that are feeling squicky about it have decided to dictate how other people get to live life is... <sighs> you are no, very passionate. Week. I can see your passion on your face right now. Are you being sarcastic? No, no. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see your frustration I'm, and your passion. I am frustrated. And But speaking of consensual... I want to use this to subtly segue into non-consensual. Do you see that transition I built? So smooth. As (laughs) smooth as a shaved pussy that I can no longer see on OnlyFans. (laughs) Hold on. Give me a moment. That was pretty good. That was good. That was solid. Okay. I came across non-consensual. One of the frequent criticisms I'm seeing is people say, well, why don't you just get a job? This is your fault for depending on OnlyFans in the first place. You should go get a real respectable job. A real respectable job, like an article I just came across of a lady who is an attractive young lady, for sure, and she works at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Every single Sunday, someone with a laugh fetish who knows her work schedule calls her Starbucks. And because she has a nice, respectable job, she has to pick up the phone every single time on Sundays, knowing that the laugh fetishist is on the other end of the line, just waiting. He will tell her in a low, raspy voice, I said, let that laughter out. That's his thing. He will call her. And hassle her and tell her that she needs to live life and enjoy herself and try to encourage her to laugh on the phone. Is this guy really trying to embody the live, laugh, love? (laughs) He, much like how people get tied to the sound of someone being tickled or the sound of someone sneezing Mm -hmm. or the sound of someone orgasming, for some people, the sound of laughter is a sexual stimulant for him. And he... Rather than going to OnlyFans and paying a content creator to do laughing cliffs for him as a custom so that he could consensually enjoy his laughing fetish, he is reduced to trying to scam it out of people that are just trying to make cappuccino. Consent is everything. Don't force your consent on people that are just trying to make coffee by trying to trick them into laughing while you're on the phone holding it one-handed. When people are on OnlyFans doing consensual things, relax already. It's not hurting anyone. It's certainly not hurting you. Would it? I find you're right. I do find it very frustrating when people feel that their judgment should affect how you live your life. It's your judgment shouldn't have any opinion on how I get to live my life as long as it's consensual. Which is why I don't ever call Starbucks and try and trick people into laughing while I'm masturbating. I just try to trick people into laughing by being funny. Generally, that's uh, the better way to do it. And probably you're going to be more successful. I usually tend to be fairly successful. I've been told Mm. I'm a whimsical fellow. Yes. Jovial, whimsical, twinkle in your eye, the whole thing. Speaking of whimsical, Mm. are you ready for something a little bit lighter? 
Uh, Something <laughs> with a little less gravity. Sure. And I use that term gravity lightly because this is about urine. And one of the things people measure urine on is gravity. I, I've i always wondered about that. What's like crap? Like, does that how fast the urine falls? No, it's What's like the heaviness of your urine. Oh. I don't know. As, as opposed to being aerated and full of carbonation? You'll have to talk to a urologist about that. Okay. All right. And now I'm, I'm going to. I'm curious. Specifically, the reason yes. why I was talking about religion earlier, this specifically has to do with nuns' pee. You have piqued my interest, Some I must admit. Some of your admit. favorite things. You love nuns. Yes. You love water sports. Yes. Combine the two together. Oh, my goodness. And what do you get? Fizzy nipples. I'm quite excited. You also get fertility. Uh, well, I b believe that nuns should not be around fertility. Aren't they supposed to not be getting pregnant, these nuns? They don't. And that's important. Okay, here's the story. It's going to unfold for you. Non-pregnant nun urine. Yes. Back in the 1940s. This scientist was working for an Italian pharmaceutical company. He was the first person to extract and purify the human hormones FSH, which is follicle-stimulating hormone, and LH, which is luterizing hormone from female urine. Now, this is important because these are the two hormones that stimulate ovulation. Okay. Uh, large amounts of these hormones can be found in women's urine prior to getting pregnant when they are ovulating and everything like that. What he theorized is that if you introduce these hormones to women, you could increase their fertilization. Hmm. He okay. tested urine from pregnant women, found that they were elevated, but he also found that the highest concentrations of these hormones were actually found in menopausal women because when a woman enters menopause, she starts re releasing heavy amounts of these hormones in order to like, kickstart her body back into producing eggs again. Because now your your body's run out of eggs, so your body's like, wait, wait, we keep wanting to do this. And so they have these high levels of hormones. Okay, so it's a last chance running up the flagpole. Yeah. Kick it into overdrive. Are you sure we don't okay. have one more to squeeze out? Okay. Because as you know, every single egg that you have in your body was created before you were even born. Right. So you're, you're born with a finite number. Once you hit menopause and you're running out of eggs, your body's like, let's just kick this into high gear. We'll see if we have one last hurrah. Let's get pregnant, right? Okay. So he created a drug from these two substances that he found in the urine. He called it pergonal, which is from the Italian pergonati, which means from the gonads because it has to do with pregnancy and everything like that. And it was shelved for a while. About a decade later, this Jewish scientist was looking into fertility treatments because he wanted to help the Jews repopulate after the Holocaust. They had lost so many Jews oh, over the Holocaust. So one of his okay. things was like, we need to find a way to bump up fertility in the Jewish population. He was looking into this method that this guy had developed back in the 40s. And it's like, oh my God, this is brilliant. He was working mm -hmm. 
with that same pharmaceutical company named Serrano in Italy. He contacted the guy who originally found these two hormones and was like, hey, let's do something with this. I need to try and help these Jewish women get pregnant. So he's like, okay, that's fine. Let's take it to the board. So you can imagine this young scientist going to the board of this pharmaceutical company and they're like, we need to find 400 menopausal women because these menopausal women have the highest concentrations of this hormone. So as a pharmaceutical company, we need to go out and we need to find 400 menopausal women collect their urine every day so we could extract this substance from it and then try it as a cure for low fertility. And what do you think? How do you think the pharmaceutical people reacted? If there's money to be made enthusiastically, I'm sure. Yeah, no, they laughed him out of the room. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Where are we going to find and go collect 400 women that to let us collect hundreds of gallons of urine so that we could try this thing, right? They, they laughed him out of the room. But thankfully, one of the executives at the company was the nephew of Pope Pius Twelfth, who oh. came to the guy and was like, hey, my uncle happens to be the Pope. And <laughs> I think this actually has a good chance of happening. So here's what's going to happen is we're going to take this to the Pope. The Pope was on board because if, the, if there's anything the Pope loves, it's increased fertility. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the Pope's like, hey, how about this? We have all these old nuns that are living in Roman Catholic nun retirement homes all just over Italy. Just peeing everywhere. Yeah, they're just, just wasting just... their pee, just flushing it down the toilet, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I will volunteer these retired nuns' urine to the cause. They took this back to the board, and this time the executive was like, hey, my uncle the Pope has decided <laughs> to help us. And he said that he has all these nuns and they're willing to collect their urine. Let's do this. So, of course, the board's like, yeah, okay, if the Pope's on board, then let's do this. It later came out that the Vatican actually owned 25% of this pharmaceutical company. So they were going to make a lot of money off this if it was a success. So he sent out a papal order and all these nuns started collecting their urine on a regular basis. And there was a double bonus with them using the nuns because any pregnant woman would – her hormones would contaminate the the specimen collections. So since they were using nun urine, they're like pretty much guaranteed that none of these women are going to be pregnant or have ever been pregnant. Ever been pregnant. Right? Yeah. So this this was like the holy grail, no pun intended, of trying to collect urine is that you have all these metapausal nuns. So suddenly they had tanker trucks – full of nuns urine being collected all over Italy and then going back to the pharmaceutical company where they would take it and they would isolate all these hormones and create this drug pergonadol pergonal you know from the gonads they started using it in Tel Aviv a few years later and the first child was born from the fertility treatment and it has since turned in to a huge fertility treatment. Unfortunately, they needed like 30,000 liters of urine a day to be able to keep up with demand. So they were able to find a way to start synthesizing the chemicals in the lab. But 
for about 30 years, it was all collected from these retired nuns. Not only was it started to be used in fertility treatments for people, they started using it in cows. They found that it that it worked with cows as well. So they started taking this substance that was refined from the urine of nuns and injecting it into cows to make them start ovulating more um, and therefore bumping up the beef industry. I love that he had a bunch of basically slave bladders available as the Pope. And did they did they keep the 25% st uh, share in the stock? A very effective... So they didn't even have to pay for the product. It was just like, I am the Pope and I decree you piss in these tanker trucks mm -hmm. and then we're going to make a bunch of money. Good yeah, job, yeah. gals. Yeah, yeah, the company was eventually acquired by Merck. And so I don't know if the Vatican sold off their share in the company, but I'm sure they that the profited. Vatican made a bunch of money by having these nuns piss for science. And they didn't have to pay the nuns a darn thing. Nope. No, it's like, you're just sitting on liquid gold, ladies. Come on. Get snappy with that. We need to buy another church. Well, I know some dominatrixes that, that we've yes. talked to who, who hate peeing and flushing it down the toilet because there's so oh, many people out waste. there willing to pay them to pee on yeah, them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm just flushing money down the toilet. <laughs> True. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Thanks to these nuns and their recycled urine, we now have a lot of our modern hormonal treatments and beef. <laughs> this story makes me so happy. I have to let you know. I really, that uh, turned the night around for me. I'm filled with joy. Speaking of beef, mm. we can thank these nuns and their heroic God-worshipping bladders for all this extra beef. But speaking of the University of Michigan, which you brought up when we first started this podcast. University of Michigan and beef, you have a tie-in? I do. What? They just released a study. Yeah, I know. Look how it fits together like puzzle pieces. We're tight. It all is connected. Time is a flat circle. Eating one hot dog claims how many minutes off your life, do you think? Uh, well, like the time it's taking me to eat this hot dog? <laughs> no, because... The hot dog is bad for you, my friend. It's uh -huh. bad for the environment. It's um, bad for you. How many it's years of my life have been wasted eating hot dogs? Many, oh. I'm sure. What about these people that do the hot dog eating contest every year? They're, unless they're so many hot all, dogs. Unless they are also bulimic, all of those people consuming hot dogs in hot dog eating competitions for your viewing pleasure and entertainment are shaving 35 minutes off their life per hot dog. Just a, just a disclaimer here. We do not uh, encourage bulimia for anyone we, listening. We do not in any way. What I'm saying is unless those hot dog competitive eaters are also bulimic, they are losing 35 minutes a hot dog for your viewing pleasure. Are you not entertained? So they've lost hours off of their life in one sitting. Correct. Wow. It's like the life-sucking machine out of the Princess Bride. Eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are actually associated with an increase of an extra 33 minutes of life because nuts are very healthy for you. So if I eat a hot dog, 
and then follow it up with eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then therefore you've lost I've, two minutes. Oh, per, why didn't you just tell me that already? So I just did follow every. It's like it's like ordering with a drink with a beer back. It was just like give me a hot dog with a peanut butter sandwich back. Those two minutes start to add up. Your body is the finest vehicle you will ever have. Take care of it. You eat the hot dogs. You shave the time off your life. You eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know who loves peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Me. I do. You know who doesn't My eat any does. hot dogs? Also me. Yes, they. well, you have excellent Tofu taste. Tofu dogs don't count? Tofu dogs don't count. It's the, the beef that you need to So avoid. what you're saying is long as I am eating two peanut butter sandwiches to one hot dog, I am always coming out ahead. Simple. Uh... That's not at all what I'm saying, and you are such a brat. <laughs> sorry, I know no. No, other you're way. not. You're I know lying. no other you're, way. You say sorry, but that's a lie. It's, so it's you're true. lying about being sorry. It's true. Anyhow, I'm not eating any hot dogs. So every time I eat a peanut butter sandwich, I increase 33 minutes, and I will always be ahead of you. Always. I'm gonna put that on your tombstone. Sure. <laughs> In case I outlive you. Yeah, it's not. Nice. rain to gray. As she said, she will always be ahead of me. I guess you would be ahead of me into the grave at that point, yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you have anything for me? This is supposed to be like, a, this is a heavy pot. We're doing kind of heavy tonight. funny. Right? I had none urine. Come on. None urine. No, 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 no. The nun urine was good. I'm still in, enjoying the nun urine. It has that taste in your mouth. Has that nun urine taste. Like champagne. I got nothing else for you. That was my big story for this week. It's great. It was really good. I I liked I liked the nun pee the most of all. But you knew I would. That's you gave that just for me, didn't you? Thank you. I appreciate it. When I saw that, I I knew that was a fact that you would cherish. I have rants about censorship and hot dogs, but the the nun urine was pretty good. Thank you all for joining us. I hope that you learned something uh, about fertility and the Pope and. Nun pee and hot dogs. Go make yourself a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, so that right you can after live, listening to this, so you can live a little longer. So you this can episode catch is going to run at about thirty-two minutes. So just by eating that peanut butter sandwich, you get that time back. Right. You're welcome. And then you can catch another episode. Mm-hmm. Coming at your ears, hot and fresh. <laughs> All right, give these fine folks a jaunty salute, and we will call it an episode. Jaunty salute. Fire it up, ready to go. Catch you all next week. Bye-bye.